Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Get Advisor Fit. Today, I have Jason Barabee here with me of Cornerstone Wealth Consulting Services, LLC in Beverly, Massachusetts. He is a father, a football coach, and comes from a family in the construction industry, which is the niche he serves. So Cornerstone Wealth Consulting is an independent and privately owned advisory firm helping contractors build wealth, protect their family business for generational growth. So, Jason, you, yes. I really like your story. I've really, I mean, I've liked you as long as I've known you, but that's beyond <laughs> that's the point. Fair. What I do love about your story is that you recently um, branched out on your own, which is something we know that a lot of advisors want to do, but don't necessarily have the cojones to do. Okay. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. Or you know, whatever it's, it's a big leap to take becoming an entrepreneur. So first of all, I love that about you. Um, but also I wanted to have you on because you are an advise. You are like a, a model advisor for somebody like me. I mean, we work with advisors all the time who just, um, some put in more effort than others. And it's really frustrating, um, from our perspective when, we see that there are tools that um, advisors can utilize that they're not really working on. Um, And you just took everything by the reins and made it making it happen for yourself. So that's why I wanted you on my show, because I feel like you are good at that. You're good at like just taking charge. So before we get into all that, um, let me, let's talk about Cornerstone and sure. your, fam- your family's background in the construction industry and how you decided to serve this niche, all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. Um, you know, as, as you mentioned, <laughs> um, getting out on your own is, is takes a lot of courage. Um, and <clears throat> it, it, at this point right now, I'm just a sponge in, in leveraging all the resources I possibly can have to, to really make this thing work. Um, but you know, to tell you a little bit about Cornerstone, you know, uh, it's been something that I've envisioned for a long time. Um, And the niche I chose um, is very true and dear to me, right? It's, I come from a long line of family-owned construction company owners. Um, And in fact, I went to a technical high school and I was a mason by trade. Um, Earlier, you mentioned that I was a high school football coach. I actually coach at the high school that I played at. Um, It's been um, a pretty humbling experience. Um, great kids. And, and I love to coach. Um, so, you know, I went to a technical high school. I, I've, I've been in that blue collar, um, grew up in that blue collar family. Um, so I started my firm um, for to help those with uh, similar backgrounds to better understand and help build their, their um, wealth to benefit the generations to come. Um, and and that's just really kind of, you know, the, the high level, um, of, you know, how Cornerstone came about. Now I've been in financial services for 13 years. So I've always had some variation of the name as a DBA, um, and always have served this niche. Again, I come from a long line of family owned construction companies. Um, 
but really the name, there's a lot of cornerstones out there. And I want to bring up this point too, because I think it's important to have a story um, behind the name. I mean, you can Google cornerstone and, and, you know, you have a cornerstone bank, you have a cornerstone wealth management, you have a cornerstone financial partners, you even have a cornerstone uh, maintenance company. Cornerstone seems to be, you know, a, a popular um, name. Um, so I felt it was important to have a story behind it. So when we're talking about construction and a building goes up, putting in the cornerstone is a big deal. And people actually celebrate this. It's the foundation of a building. Um, so kind of like your financial plan, um, whether what, whichever framework that we're working off of, whether it's a financial plan or a tax efficiency plan or, or, or a roadmap, right? Um, the foundation starts with, you know, the discovery meeting and really laying the framework, um, just like an architect building, building a, um, um, a blueprint for a contractor. It, and, and then that contractor lays that cornerstone of a financial plan. Financial planning is not too different from that. Um, from a business perspective, Cornerstone means adding value um, to the company's customers and clients um, uh, producing products and services, right? So, so providing value was something that I built my, my on early on. I had a coach, um, uh, Bill Backrat, um, if I probably butchered his last name there, um, but values-based um, financial planning is something that was taught to me early on. Um, which was a concept from, from um, through one of my business coaches. So right on our website, it, my own version of, of a value-based approach lives right on my, right on my website. Um, and, and I wanted to incorporate that. It, it's, it's my opening um, approach when meeting with clients uh, and it really drives um, home and really incorporates that, that showing, um, that providing clients with value is the core of our services. So again, getting back into full circle, you know, Cornerstone Wealth Consulting Services, the name Cornerstone means, you know, so much more than just, you know, uh, a name. There's a story behind it. There's value. Um, and, and, and again, we just do so much more that goes beyond the traditional investment management uh, in, in wealth management. So I felt that, you know, Cornerstone Wealth Consulting Services was an appropriate fit over the alternative, you know, Cornerstone Wealth Management or Cornerstone Financial Group, not to mention similar names already exist out there. So that's kind of how Cornerstone came, came about. That's really amazing because, you know, one of the things that we teach advisors in marketing is to have a brand story, right? So sure. your brand story is your personal background, but also why you chose the name. And that is, is a way that you connect with people in a service-based industry is to, to, to tell these narratives, especially like if you're meeting with a, a prospect that, you know, um, you're looking to, to become a client. These brand stories are actually what sell your services better than talking about your services because Correct. people are ultimately interested in the relationship. And that is what fosters the relationship or these brand stories. So it's really great that you brought that up. So I'm, I'm glad that you did. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's very important um, to have a story to um, efficiently uh, uh, or effectively articulate, um, you know, how you provide value. And I think providing massive value goes a long way than just, you know, here's the products and services. We're selling advice. We're not selling products and services. And 
um, you know, I, I think value provides, you know, um, you know, a massive impact on, on the prospects that we meet with today. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's a great foundation there, but I also noticed that you put out, um, you put out some articles and some press releases and I was just wondering how you felt that that content that you were putting out was helping you to build and generate your business. Sure. I think, you know, as a sole, um, content development is, is extremely difficult. Um, <laughs> it really, you wait, know, wait, wait. Oh, I mean, that's, that's what you do for it. So you do, um, to, to help, um, you know, solo practices like myself. Um, but it, it is, it's difficult. And I think one of the challenging things of content, um, is remembering to do it. <laughs> that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. And We're not pushing about, it off the plate when you're like get overwhelmed with other things like correct oh, I'll do it next week I'll do it next week and then it's next month and you're like wow I haven't posted anything in a while I really need to show up so ultimately what I did to for that is is um I worked it into my daily schedule where every morning I kind of um you know research read and try to come up with something relevant to share um whether I create it myself or it's sharing like you know a, a Forbes a Forbes article or um, a Wall Street Journal article, just something to share. So I I, I worked it in my in my daily um, calendar to to do that on on the regular there. Um, but it, it it's been extremely important because one one of the things about marketing is you have to be very consistent and have a sequence of of things that you're posting. So what I've done. And again, it, it's it's funny because you know what I'm not the best writer. Um, Twenty over tens uh, um, content library that's completely customizable. Not to put a plug in there for them, but that's been a huge no, help. No, no, I um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, they they've been a huge help, and 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 of course you you've helped me along the way as well. Um, so I appreciate all of the, all the help that I've gotten. Um, but the way that I approach the content marketing is I'll. I try to blog somewhere between six to eight times a month. And four of those are weekly newsletters that go to existing clients only. Now, you know, I, I'm one year in, um, I've always serviced the, the construction industry niche, but my clients have, uh, walk all forms of, of life here. They have all cer certain kinds of careers. I have business owners, I have executives, I, ha I have, you know, cops and nurses, right? Yeah, yeah, um, of course, of course. So when I, when I post... Um, a newsletter or send a personal newsletter. Now only my clients get the newsletter, but the newsletter lives on my website. Um, but when I post, send out the newsletter, it's basically on um, current or trending topics to, to stay top of mind with my existing clients. Like, Hey, Jason's my advisor. You know, I heard my friend talking about Bitcoin last week and Oh, Jason just sent me in my weekly newsletter, an article about Bitcoin. So it's to stay top of mind of my existing clients. It also lives on my website so prospects can see that and say, oh, maybe he does know what he's talking about, right? <laughs> um, yes, yes. And, and then on the, on the, the other two or three blogs a, um, a month that I do is very niche specific. So it might be, you know, tax efficient strategies for high earnings or, you know, um, looking to set up a 401k for your, for your small business. Here are the steps to, to do so. Um, so it's very niche specific to the business owner market. And I try to, I try to niche down very hard um, 
with about two or three blogs a month, which also lives on my website. So, so if you bring this all back in the full circle, you know, you blog in times a month. I think the stat is actually 11. I just don't have time to do 11. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, well, I have my own thoughts about that number, but you know, that's sure. Not- uh, but it, and again, to bring but it back, six to the is circle, very good. I mean, that's a high number for an advisor. And so you yeah, guys, and, and again, I, I've had some help along the way, you know, um, you know, again, with te- and um, content library it is it, that's completely customizable is is great. Um, also, you know, uh, an hour every single morning. Um, doing some research and trying to develop my own content um, and post something relevant. And again, whether it's a Wall Street Journal um, post or not. Um, with that being said, again, to bring that back in the full circle, from an SEO standpoint, you know, when these newsletters and blogs are, are living on your website, um, it, it, it makes you searchable, right? So um, if people are searching for these things, your website will come up as a resource. Sure. Yeah, it will absolutely come up as a resource. Um, and the SEO, you know, it's just, you know, makes makes it uh, come up as a resource uh, as the website. Um, so it, it, it really helps with the overall brand and in, in getting the message out there. It shows some qualitative um, um, characteristics reaching out to clients and um, staying top of mind. But also there's um, some quantitative um, uh, for six there where like, I'm kind of showing that I know what I'm talking. So I'm, I'm kind of really recognition, um, um, for, you know, a larger audience. Yes. So to speak to these points, this is exactly why I wanted to bring you on the show, because these are things you're, you have a great understanding of things that, um, I technically, I typically have to teach advisors that, um, come to me. And I think this is honestly because you are a, a go-getter. We already know that Two, yeah. you are active on social media. So you see, okay, you follow these 20 over tens and other pages and other marketing companies. And you understand these concepts because of content marketing done by them. So you have engaged with their content and you have thus learned from it. So then you have seen, okay, this is the model. This is what I'm going to do, but for my clients. So I'm going to put out information, whether that be through email, social media, um, or, you know, what have you, um, that you are going to share this information, the qualitative and the quantitative, show that you know what you're talking about, add value, have some key takeaways that people can go go away with to promote yourself um, as an advisor. And so I love that you look every morning because I do the same thing. I go to my, I'm on my Stairmaster, looking on my phone, looking for stuff yeah. that I can share or bookmark or say, oh, I should post about this one day. And I put it in my notes, like right in my phone, just make a note. You know, I have a list of ideas, a list of things that I want to share. Um, and that is super simple. Anybody can do that. You can do it while you're, just, um, sorry, but you're on the toilet. I mean, I like, I, yeah. I hate that, that analogy, but people say they don't have time. You're there's plenty, like how much time do you spend scrolling on your phone through useless crap? Look for something that's going to help your business. Spend Absolutely. five minutes commenting on three people's posts on LinkedIn, you know, take, it's just a few minutes here and there. It can make a huge difference. Absolutely. So, um, 
I love that. And also I wanted to, to point out how great this is that you're mentioning about the emails that go out once a week. A lot of my advisor clients or people who come to me as prospects are wondering how much content is too much content to put out. And in the three years I've been doing this, it has exponentially risen the expectation of how much content people are supposed to put out. Like you said, they say advisors who put out 11 blogs a month see like a, some ridiculous amount yeah. of traffic. But I mean, to be honest, I don't know if, if, you know, this is good for SEO. It's good for a lot of things. Obviously, the more you put out, content is just consumed and consumed and consumed. I mean, there really is not too much. <laughs> There's not really too much. I mean, I personally, my financial advisor sends out once a week and I know yep. it's going to come on Friday and I look forward to reading it. And that's not just because I write about finances all day long. It's because I want to know what he has to say about what's going on. So another thing that you said, it's timely. It's about stuff that's happening. You know, if inflation is in the news, we're going to talk about inflation. The Fed's tapering is in the news, we're going to talk about the Fed's tapering. Bitcoin, whatever, meme stocks, whatever, the uh, name 100 uh, yeah. hot trending type financial topics, and your clients are going to want to know about it. So if you're already there showing up, that shows that you are engaged in all of these things and keeping them informed. And that's what they want from their financial advisor. So kudos to you. See, people are out there doing it <laughs> who don't actually pay for other people to do their marketing. So it can be done. If you could give one piece of advice to advisors going out and doing their own marketing like you, what would it be? Well, um, I, I would have to say it's very difficult to do it yourself. Um, but the key component to it is, is just putting yourself out there um, because you can't get noticed otherwise if you're not putting yourself out there. And, and to stay consistently doing it and consistently putting yourself out there is the best advice I can give um, because, I, again, without putting yourself out there, you can't get noticed. Um, and, and have intent um, when you're putting yourself out there. Have a client avatar. Have, have a niche. Um, I get asked a question all the time, you know, do you think if niching down, um, you're leaving business on the table? Well, absolutely. But I don't want to work with everyone. Yes. Um, you yes. know, so I, I don't want to work with everyone. And I, I'm trying to build something here that um, is bigger than myself, that, that I can, you know, once I'm long gone, Cornerstone's still around and it's something my family can be proud of. And, and that's really where my marketing stems from and, and really why I chose to to dive in so deeply into, into a specific niche. Not only do I come from a, you know, a blue collar uh, uh, family in, in the construction industry, um, but you know, behind every small business owner is a family. And not only do they need to navigate in the complexities of, um, of finance, uh, both personally and in, in, in business. So um, it, it's just, Put yourself out there, um, choose a niche, and and go at it hard, or else you're not going to get noticed. And 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 that, you know, the alternative. Yes. So I mean, even like with my own marketing personally, you know, I, the more I show up, the more calls that get booked through my website. It's just absolutely. It's not complicated. It really isn't. Um, and nothing that, uh, none of the content that I produce. Really? I mean, okay, that's a lie. It's time consuming, but sure. I find the time because that is a priority of mine is building my business, 
making my family proud, helping advisors who need it. Um, and like you said, no, um, you don't want to serve everybody. So I even have a niche within the financial advisor industry and that's, you know, independent RAAs. I don't work with broker dealers, um, or, you know, any of the, the big wirehouse kind of places. Um, I find that these type, you know, advisors like yourself are the ones that add the most value. So I want to help the ones that I believe in. And that's just the kind of financial planning that I believe in is values-based financial planning. Um, you know, the, that covers all the bases, the tax drag management, investment management, um, and, you know, the life planning and estate planning, and just really that whole comprehensive package that, um, I think, you know, changes people's lives. So, um, yeah, so, and I mean, let's, it was a great point that you brought that up about people who get so worried about if they're leaving business on the table. And the answer is possibly yes, probably yes. But that's okay because yeah. that leaves room for the um, a client that you want and subsequently can help the best. So, you know, it's a win-win. It really is, well, even though it's scary. But th this this um, this industry is so um, crowded. It, it's it's a big industry, but it's also a small world. <laughs> and um, you know, I, I think it's very important that. You know, when you niche down, you have to understand that you're going to leave business on the table. But that's OK, because, you know, uh, there's that's for another advisor to handle. Yeah, um, and there are plenty it, of them out there. <laughs> there is. There is. It, it's such a, a large industry, but it, it's such a small world at the same time. Um, and, and it is important to niche down um, and, and have that ideal client in that ideal um, and have that client avatar. So, so you have your market, you niche down, but then what does that ideal client look like within that niche? Um, because, you know, I, I, early on in my career, when I had a sales manager say, hey, picking niche, I'm like, okay, business owners. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? And there's so, so many different pockets within business owner too. That's right. And then that's something you don't understand as an advisor sometimes um, when you're marketing it is like, okay, I want to work with, with business owners or, or entrepreneurs. Well, everyone's an entrepreneur. Do you want to work with a Mary Kay rep? Like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Right? You know? So, you know, and, or do you want to work with barbers, which, which is a very lucrative niche. Barbers, barbers need help too. I, I've considered that along the way because I like to get a haircut every week. So I'm there often. So why can't that be a niche? Yeah. You know, so I, um, but you know, it, it's, it, then it's also to bring that thought forward, um, having a specialty too. Um, so in our practice, we focus on um, the tax consultant front, helping these construction company owners or, or contractors um, who own these family businesses um, reduce taxes um, so that they can build more wealth tax efficiently and um, um, you know, protect their family business for generational growth. And, and that's, that's our voice at a high level. It's our specialty. Um, we, we focus on a very specific um, planning process, which, which I created a brochure for, the, the, the Builders Tax Reduction Program. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's really a, a three-step process on how to reduce your taxes and build more wealth. And, and by marketing that and niching down and having a, a client avatar, um, 
who cares if I, if I'm not working with, um, the, the business owner that owns a 7-Eleven on the corner store. Yeah. That's not who yeah. I want to work with. So yeah. I think, you know, once advisors get past that roadblock of, well, I'm going to leave business on the table if I niche down, they're going to they're gonna see um, their practice grow. I mean, um, it, it certainly has helped my, my practice grow. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. And um, one point that I was thinking about in what you're talking about is, uh, I don't know why I thought of this, but you said, so we are talking about showing up, right? Being consistent, not gaining visibility and just not being afraid to put yourself out there, not being afraid to put yourself out there. There is a benefit to putting yourself out there. I have seen lots of advisors who have great digital marketing funnels who lead people through to book a call or whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't, I mean, we did a lot of things like blogging and, uh, you know, getting published in different places and we created, you know, lead magnet and things like this. And there was lots of leads, but because the advisor didn't really put themselves out there, he wasn't able to close a lot of the sales or relationships because he ended up being someone that a lot of, you know, he was very particular kind of guy. And, um, it was like a mystery, right? So you're like a mystery advisor. Sure. So they showed up to like the prospect call or the Zoom or whatever. They were like, he was having a hard time at that juncture because he didn't put himself out there. They didn't know what to expect. So the side effect, the benefit to putting all of yourself out there up front is that the people who don't like you aren't going to call you and waste your time. Correct. So they'll know who you are. They'll see you. They'll say, okay, I think I would like to work with him or her. And don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean you're going to close hundred percent of the relationships that you talk to, but it does weed out people that don't, aren't going to want to work with you. You might as well know. I mean, we don't want to, you, I personally would want someone to self-select and just say, I don't think that her personality fits mine. I don't think that her service model fits what I'm looking for and not book the call. Because absolutely, time is all that we can't get. We can't get it back. So um, the benefit is that it attracts the people that you want and detracts the people that you don't want or aren't going to like you anyways. <laughs> Correct. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of cool there. But um, so I guess, you know, the, the this has been a really great conversation. And I just want to know. Like, what are you looking forward to? Like with the business personally, 2022 and beyond five year, ten, like what is it that um, you look forward to most um, with Cornerstone and, and just yourself, Jason? Sure, sure. Well, um, I think what I'm most excited for, um, you know, in, in 2022, um, you know, I took it as a personal, um, you know, uh, accomplishment was, you know, I'm 38 now. Um, it's been a while since I've been in, uh, graduated from my undergrad. One of my personal um, achievements for 2022 is, is going to be completing the CHFC program um, at the American College. Um, in, it's the hybrid program, so it, it, it satisfies the CFP um, education requirements so I can sit for the board exam um, while earning the CHFC uh, Chartered Financial Consulting designation. But I've been enjoying um, that professional development personally that 
um, I've decided to parlay that into, you know, getting my master's in finance. It, it, that's always been, that's always been a bucket list of mine. Um, you know, working for a large insurance-based broker dealers and middle management, you know, running sales teams all over New England. I never really saw a need for the CFP or even, even my master's in finance, because why, <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, I've, I've enjoyed, um, you know, being in school for for that program and, and it is a certificate designation program and it, it's it's a one course every 10 weeks but you know it has really sparked my interest um back in um self-development where you know I, i'm you know 38 now um really would like to uh, to accomplish that bucket list and check that off the bucket list and, and having my master's in finance and and there's several other designations that that I would like to that are that is again getting back to um you know uh brand awareness and, and building up cornerstone uh that is niche specific um uh to my my clientele so um there are some other designations. So I guess what I'm trying to say at a high level and to bring this all back in the full circle is that you know it's professionally um, looking forward to obtaining the CHFC personally has really sparked a new self-development in me being in taking these classes that, you know, I'm really excited for uh, beyond 2022 and taking and going to school for my master's in finance. Um, and then as far as, as cornerstone um, you know, it, it's, it's bigger than myself and that's why I started it. I, I started it in my home office um, but my vision is bigger than myself. My vision is that this is going to be around a lot longer than um, or long after I'm gone so that my family can be proud of it. So the marketing efforts that I do now is, is to really build, you know, um, uh, a nationally recognized firm um, that, that, you know, is just, um, you know, going to be around for, for generations. And we talk about it in, with my clientele, we're, we're a multi-generational firm. We were trying to, you know, reduce tax for these contractors, these construction entrepreneurs, reduce tax to build more wealth and, um, you know, protect their family business for generational growth. And I want the same thing for Cornerstone. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love this. You know, I, I'm just a sucker for the generational thing because, <laughs> um, you know, I just wish that, you know, personally, that I had learned more um, from my parents and grandparents. When I was growing up, um, it was like, money is not something that the kids need to worry about. Like that's, you know, we take care of the money and the kids are kids. And um, then you grow up and they pass away and you're like, what do I do with all this money? Yeah. I don't know. And you don't know who to trust. Right. So like, I was like, when my mother passed away, I was in, um, I was in my twenties and I think I went to someone that I would never choose today. And looking back, I understand what she does because I work in our industry and she was trying to sell me financial products. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I didn't sign on with her. Um, but I ultimately didn't end up signing on with anybody and made some terrible mistakes um, since, you know, that have been ameliorated. But whatever, that's not the point. The point is that, um, you know, it's confusing enough as it is. So when you take a generational approach, it's really about protecting your family and your children and cool. not just your assets. It's like, yes, it protects your assets for the use of your children in the next generations, but it protects them. So, you know, they 
don't uh, just have no idea what the hell they're doing with it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So um, I think that's a great approach and it just, it, it helps to protect everyone. And, and, and as the grant guarantee, you know, the person bequeathing the money to the heirs, um, you know, gives you peace of mind. So, I mean, I, I heard someone say recently in social media, like, the question to ask about your financial advisor is whether or not you would trust them to look out for your spouse's best interest if you died. <laughs> That's a good question. And if you can't answer yes to that, <laughs> then you have no business working with that advisor. So I think the generational approach is, is very smart and, and not just smart, but I mean, it's the right thing to do, right? So Yeah, absolutely. So Jason, thank you so much for your time. It is always great to connect with you. If you'd like to learn more about Jason, and Cornerstone, go to his website at cornerstonewealthllc.com or connect with him on social media. If you want to connect with me and my team, you can find us at Lexicon Content Development on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, to hear past episodes, visit the Get Advisor Fit tab on our website and don't forget to subscribe to our channel to get all the latest tips from the greatest financial services industry experts around. We're always here to help you guys. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Jason and See you next time. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexicon.contentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.